0: It's time for JT the Brick JT, woo! Hey girls, how are you? Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today Car, looking downfield Devontae's wide open, at the 2 Grabs it, touchdown Raiders The defender had fallen down And Devontae Adams has his second touchdown grab of the half
1: JT the Brick
0: I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raiders fans Now we got something now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle, 10. Cuts right side, 5. Touchdown, Jacobs! The hat trick in the end zone! His third rushing touchdown of the day!
2: This is, this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick.
1: And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, hour number two of the JT The Brick Show, Wednesday, December 7th, one day away from having the Thursday night football game. The short week completes itself with the Raiders visiting the Rams in Los Angeles in the Raiders' second home of Los Angeles, California. This year, they got eight games in Vegas Two games in L.A., pretty much 10 home games for the Silver and Black in 2022. Thanks for tuning in, Raider Nation. This is a big week for the Silver and Black. You got to win in a game that you're expected to win, that you're favored to win, and you set yourself up to come back home and play on what should have been Sunday Night Football. I'm still pissed off at that they switched it up back to 1.05 p.m. Uh, they flexed the game out for Washington against the Giants. Ugh. Come on, man. But at the end of the day, the Raiders, they will play at home. They will host the Patriots. And can you imagine having the possibility of getting back to 500 by beating the Patriots? But first, you have to beat the Rams this Thursday, tomorrow. You know where to catch the game here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., also on the Raiders app if you're out here in Las Vegas. And it's complimentary football. You need offense? You need defense, and you need special teams. And a guy on the special teams that's always top five out there in his category, I'm talking about A.J. Cole. He's a guy that has been with the Raiders since signing as an undrafted free agent. He pretty much went to tryouts in 2019. He earned his spot on this team. And he went from being an undrafted free agent rookie to them being an all-pro first team last year a pro bowler and getting an extension that he is well worth the money that he got paid. And now I'm super happy for him because he ended up being the Raiders nominee for the Walter Payton NFL man of the year award presented by nationwide. And this award is the highest honor in the NFL. That's what the league says, because it recognizes a player for outstanding community service activities off the field, as well as excellence on the field. And A.J. Cole, I've always seen him out there in the community doing a great job, being with kids, being with folks in need, and he's one of the most charismatic players in that locker room. Every time I have an opportunity to chat with him, you end up cracking up a laugh or two because he always has a smile and he always has a great answer for you. If it's on the field or off the field stuff that you're talking about, He's going to give you a great answer. And then you see him go out in the community. And he pretty much said the other day as well, when it was announced that he was the nominee for the Raiders, he was like, I want to have my platform mean something more than just football, than just what I do on the field. I want to be able to have an impact outside the field with people in need, with his friends, family, with anybody that interacts with him. And that's AJ Cole. And, Greater Nation, you will be able to help AJ Cole help the cause that he has selected as a charity because every player, just by being nominated, they get a donation sent to the charity of his choice, but there are more opportunities to be able to help his charity that he selected, the Special Olympics. And right now, we have on the line Terrence Thornton, the executive director of the Special Olympics. Terrence, thank you for mu- so much for joining us. What does it mean for your organization to be selected by A.J. Cole as his charity of choice for this big award?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely, and first and foremost, thank you for the time today. Um, you know, the fact that AJ chose um, Special Olympics Nevada, it means a lot for our athletes. Um, here at Special Olympics Nevada, we focus on creating inclusive opportunities um, for people with intellectual disabilities, and the fact that a pro um, football player with the great um, Las Vegas Raiders chose our organization um, just reinstilled that message for our athletes to give their best, train hard. Um, and they have the backing of a tremendous franchise like the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Absolutely. in Raider Nation, you can go online and use the, use the hashtag WPMOYChallenge, tagging AJ Cole, and you have an opportunity to get even more money towards the Special Olympics. So how big? big is it for the Raider Nation to be able to support your cause because, AJ, just by being nominated and then choosing you guys, there's already a certain amount of money going your way. But if you're able to get an extra 25K for your charity, what would that money be used towards for your uh, charity?
3: You know, so at Special Olympics Nevada, we offer free programming for people with and without disabilities all year long. And um, one of the great things that we're working on here um, in Nevada is um, reestablishing Special Olympics program in our state as an independent program. Right now we're operating under the charter of Northern California, and we've had a strategic plan to, um, by the end of next year, 2023, um, to become our own entity. So um, this donation um, tied to this great honor for AJ is uh, supporting our athletes and helping us to um, get closer to that goal of having our own um, independently run here in
1: Nevada. We're speaking with Terrence Thornton, the executive director of Special Olympics out here in Nevada. Terrence, uh, how have the Raiders been able to help your organization with appearances going out there and speaking with some of the athletes out there and being able to interact with them? Has that happened often?
3: Yeah, they've been tremendous support, um, believe it or not, even during the pandemic. Um, one of the things that um, we learned real quick, obviously, with some of the mandates that we had where we couldn't meet in person, um, AJ was very instrumental in um joining us in some of our virtual activities. Um, So our athletes got to know him really well um, when we were all in in shelter-in-place mandates um, because he was leading fitness classes and things like that um, virtually for our athletes. And so um, a few weeks ago, um, they actually invited us to uh, one of their games. Um, So our athletes got the opportunity to meet him and some of his players um, ahead of the game, um, have some field time with um, him and some of the athletes um, after the game. So um, Raiders have been of tremendous support um, for our work here at Special Olympics Nevada. Uh, we could not um, have the quality of programming that we would have without their support. So uh, we're extremely honored and definitely want to see this um, new accomplishment go to AJ um, tied to this award.
1: Absolutely, and how different is it? I mean, of course, these special athletes that are amazing when they receive support from the community. It doesn't matter if they're a pro athlete or not; they are always happy. But then you see someone that you watch on TV uh, every Sunday. Go out there and be with them and show them love. How big is it for you guys? Seeing getting pros to help your community, and spe- especially in Las Vegas, that we go as recently as 2018 when the Golden Knights started, there wasn't a pro team in one of the top four sports. In the sports leagues in the U.S., participating here in town, and now you got the Raiders, you got the Golden Knights, you got the Aces out here supporting these kind of causes. How big is it to have pro athletes spend time out of their day, invest time out of their day to help your athletes?
3: It's huge. You know, so one of the things that sometimes our athletes don't necessarily get is when we're being hard on them, pushing them to meet their goals, uh, making sure they're you know eating nutritiously, and uh, making sure that they're practicing even on their own time. Um, to basically have that same messaging reinforced by pro players because um, they're doing the same thing in and out, um, it just inspires them to give um, their personal best when they're engaged in our program. So we appreciate the pro um, the. The support from local athletes um, that are professional, like AJ Cole.
1: Absolutely. There's going to be donations going towards Special Olympics out here in Nevada, but also 31 other organizations all around the league, because every nominee in their teams gets to choose what organization they're supporting. And there's always the opportunity of growing more and more and more. And one of those opportunities is going online, going on social media, on Twitter. Use the hashtag WPMOYChallenge, which stands for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Challenge. And Put the word AJ Cole or at AJ Cole 90, which is AJ Cole's um, Twitter handle. And whichever player out of the 32 teams gets the most interactions, gets an extra of 25000 for the charity of choice and... Whoever the winner is, they get an even bigger contribution going their way. Which other message do you send out to the community? You guys can always use the support not only from professional athletes but from our community that is a very close-knit one out here in Las Vegas with the locals.
3: Yeah. So first and foremost, let's make sure we're using those hashtags that you just mentioned uh, so that we can make sure that AJ, you know, gets this win that he so deserves. Um, But then also go to SONV.org and look at volunteer opportunities that we have. We always need support from our community leaders, corporate partners um, to continue to help move our efforts forward. Um, So anything that you can do to help us advance inclusive opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities, uh, we'd love to have you aboard.
1: Absolutely. And that's definitely a great cause that you guys can support. And I can't thank you enough, Terrence Thornton, for jumping here on the air today, executive director of the Special Olympics. Let's get A.J. Cole to get that win, to get that award that he deserves so much. Thank you so much, Terrence.
3: All right. Thanks again.
1: There you go, Theron Storton, Executive Director of the Special Olympics, out here in Nevada. Thank you for uh, calling in here with us, and someone else that called in to right now, my man Mitch from New Jersey. How are you? Good.
4: Uh, let me pull
1: over. That'll be a plus you It's great talking and with the you. I... There you go. Uh, sorry, I had a little yeah, bit of. A, I'm I'm... I heard myself double, so I got in there. Got you there, Mitch. Go ahead. All right, thanks for taking my call. Happy holidays, you and your family. Thank you, brother. Same to you.
4: I'm ticked off that they moved the game from, from Sunday night because I'm in between Philly and New York, and I get the same uh, New York and Philadelphia. They, they show the same games. And then Thursday, I, don't, I would take, I would take your, the game in Spanish, and you'll know, saw so a gringo, a ball, a espanol, poquito. I would take that instead of having nothing on TV.
1: Right? He's like, even if I don't understand what they're saying, just put the game on TV and out there in the East Coast, now that it's not a primetime game, that Sunday night football game that should have been Raiders-Patriots, now you're not going to be able to see it. I'll tell you what. Go to theportesvegas.com, listen to it in the Spanish, and if you hear me excited, that means the Raiders are doing good, right?
4: Yeah, same thing with this Amazon. Most people have Amazon. What, they, what, if they give me the game for free, they're going to go out of business, and it's, it's terrible. This is an easy game, and that seems easy. I mean, I think the Rams, I don't know if they don't. They don't have a first-round pick to 2025, so you can't say they're tanking. Bring on Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know why. It's, the, reason, the reason why the Raiders are still in it, but a lot of teams in the NFC are kind of disappointing, including the Chargers and Raiders. They can still get in somehow. Not division, of course. The teams are just being bad. Um, take advantage of this game. I want to see DeRon. It's about time that Adams and and Josh Jacobs turn it on. I mean, it was kind of late. They always start off slow. They always shoot, shoot themselves in the foot and then make things make life harder, which is uh, hard as it is, right?
1: Yeah, and right now, uh, right now, both of them are hot as hell. You look at their numbers, Devontae. The last five games, forty-one catches, six hundred and sixty-four yards, seven touchdowns. You go over and see Josh Jacobs' stats over the last five games and it's they're ridiculous 121 carries 627 yards four touchdowns that's the raiders offense right now davante adams josh jacobs if you got those two on the field which fortunately and i'm knocking on wood they haven't gotten Definitely. injured this year it's they're the raiders have their best chance at winning when both of them are in fuego when they're in when they're hot
4: yeah and um Let's see, is that why? Because you want to arrest Jacobs, and I hope he signed a contract as we speak. Uh, judge turned down the Dodgers. He's going to the West Coast, you know? Got to stay with the Yankees. No respect for that guy. No, he, he's a Hall of Famer. That's Frank Howard. I'm done there, right there in person. There you Too go. In Dodgers know what they're doing. But anyway, thanks for doing the call. I know there will be more Raider fans in L.A. than Rams fans. they got to pick it up,
1: the Rams. Oh, that's for sure. Even though they won the Super Bowl, the Raiders still run Los Angeles fan-wise. Now we got to start getting some wins and get new Lombardi trophies out here in Las Vegas to say that the Raiders get a fourth one and then a fifth one and hopefully a sixth one. One at a time, though. One game at a time. I can't start looking at postseason when the Raiders right now have a 5-7 and seven record. But they're 3-0 and in their last three. And the stars are lining up. Same way as last season. After you beat the Cowboys and then the opponents, a lot of things started happening where it was like injuries. Quarterback is out with the Rona. Then you start going like, okay, maybe we can win. And then that maybe we can win became, it was like, we're winning. We're getting close. If we win in week 18, we're in. And what happened? They won in week 18 and they got into the playoffs. They played a super close game against the Bengals that ended up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, if the Stars line up, can you imagine that after the start the Raiders had? 2-7 and through the first 10 weeks of the season. If they figure out a way, I'll say this first, to end with a winning record, that would be fantastic for Josh McDaniel's first year. If they ended up making it to the playoffs, playoffs? If they ended up making it there to the postseason, that would be tremendous for the silver and black, especially because that would mean that you're pretty much the hottest team in the NFL because you were 2-7, and and if you end up making it to the playoffs, that pretty much means that you won either 8 in a row or 7 out of 8. And then you would become a very dangerous team for whoever you end up facing. But right now, we only got... Five games guaranteed, and you kick it off right now with this squad, the Los Angeles Rams. Then you got the Patriots, and it's like one game at a time. That's what I want to see. And Raider Nation, you got to be loud. You got to be proud. You got to be out there and always supporting your team like you always do. And let's make a difference out there. That's what we want to do. Remember, Raider Nation, you can join JT the Brick. For a special live broadcast on Friday, December 16th from noon to 2 at Redtail at Resorts World presented by Modelo. Enjoy Modelo specials and check out Redtail at Resorts World. Redtail is a social interactive gaming lounge with sports betting on site head out there to resorts world with jt the big brick because modelo is an official cerveza of the raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit modelo rooted in the heart of the raider nation drink room drink responsibly imported by crown imports chicago illinois let's go to a break raider nation we'll be right back taking your call (laughs) 702-365-9200
3: Um, I found that they do it a lot less to me than other people, but um, and that's not I'm, I don't want to sound any type of way, but it's just the, the fact that it matters. Um But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm, I've been doing this a long time, so I don't really seek that at this point. I just like to play the game and, and do what I got to do, but if it goes there, then I'm, I'm completely fine with it being that type
1: of game. Who the heck would be crazy enough to talk trash to Devontae Adams? That man would keep burning you time after time after time. And guess who precisely talked crap to him on the field? I remember seeing video of him when the Raiders played the Chargers out there in week one. And Asante Samuel Jr., he was opening his mouth. And Tay was very, very productive against him in L.A. He was very, very productive against him in Vegas. And I think the kid... Jr., he ended up learning his lesson. He was like, all right, go out there, play, do your thing, especially after falling out to the field out there in the last pass play to Devontae in the first half where the Raiders got into field goal range and then got even closer with a pass to Matt Collins, and unfortunately Daniel Carlson missed the kick. But it is what it is. Don't talk trash to Devontae Adams. And, hey, don't talk trash to Daniel Carlson either. I know he has missed a field goal in three consecutive games. But without Daniel Carlson, this Raider team doesn't make it to the playoffs last season. How many walk-off games did he win with that right leg? With Trent Sig sending the snap, A.J. Cole putting a perfect hold, Daniel Carlson kicking a perfect kick. It's about time now that the Raiders team as a whole doesn't need kicks from Daniel Carlson to win games. And that's what has happened In Denver, in Seattle, in Las Vegas against the Chargers. Carlson has missed. The team has picked the team up, the whole team up, and won games. Now what I want to see from this Raider team is a killer instinct, a mentality of a closing team that you don't have to be on your toes with five minutes left with the Chargers having the ball in their hands and you're only up by seven. And you don't want to be nervous, Raider Nation, because we've been through a, a lot of heartbreak games where it, they've been so close, and they've let them go. What if the Raiders had started that fourth quarter when they were in the end zone, inside the 10-yard line, and instead of having to go with a field goal, they get a touchdown, and they get a big lead, a three-possession lead, and put this game on ice? That's what what's missing from this team, that killer Instinct, that closer mentality. The Raiders need to figure out a way to get it because they got great players. They got great coaches. And I think the moment that they flip the switch, just like they've done it, to be able to close games by one possession, win close games, now instead of just winning close games, go and finish strong and be able to be up by two or three possessions with less than 10 minutes left in the game and be able to chill, not have all the Raider Nation nervous. Let's go back to the phone lines. My Tocayo, Gilberto Manzano. Everybody calls him Gilbert. I call him Gilberto. Como estas, Gilberto? Great to talk to you. Last year we spoke about Chargers. Now we talk about the Rams with you. It's great to see you keep growing out there in SoCal.
2: Hey, Tocayo, how's it going? I appreciate having me on uh harry gilberto uh we got the same names and that's how we connected it quickly but it was just more than that so harry i appreciate having me on uh to talk some uh some raiders rams
1: absolutely he's a rams nfl and boxing reporter for the oc register la daily news and the socal news group gilbert what the heck is going on with the rams man they went from super bowl champions to now already guaranteeing that they're going to have a losing record in 2022
2: yeah, Harry, I was just thinking about it, man, like, you know, who would have thought maybe a couple months ago, say in August, you know, Matthew Stafford throwing to a new wide receiver, Adam Robinson, and he has a great connection with Cooper Cup. and then you see Aaron Donald on the other side, and then two, three months later for Thursday Night Football, and I was excited for this game when the schedule came out, you know, Raiders, Rams, NLA, uh, you, you know, Harry, LA is, uh, you know, very heavy, silver and black town, so I was excited.
1: Oops, we seem to have lost Gilbert Manzano, right? Th- oh, well, there you go. We got you back. Oh, but you said that you were that, excited. Aaron. You were excited about the game. Yeah,
2: I'm just trying to set a long picture here because it's just fascinating to me that we've gotten to the point where Baker Mayfield is going to be starting for the Rams with no Cooper Cup, no Adam Robinson, no Matthew Stafford, no Aaron Donald on the field. So it's such a strange game. Uh, but what the heck? Hopefully they start Baker Mayfield. He throws about a 2-2 at well and Van Jefferson, and we have a, a nice little Thursday night football. But, again, I'm just shocked that we got to this point where it's a six-game losing streak for the Rams in a very weird loss season for them.
1: And, obviously, season uh, injuries have impacted their season with the aforementioned Allen Robinson with Cooper Cup Super Bowl MVP, Matthew Stafford, who won his ring last year. Aaron Donald what can you tell me about Aaron Donald because the other three guys Aaron and I are they're confirmed not to be participating tomorrow but Aaron Donald I know he's a guy that wants to be on that field can he well it seems like we lost connection with Gilbert for a bit we'll try to connect again with him and that's the big question mark Because if you understand and you listen to what the national reporters are saying, national reporters saying that it's a couple of weeks that Aaron Donald would be out. And that couple of weeks started in their last game against Seattle. And I'm like, all right, he can't be back for Thursday night football, a short week where you only have three days between your last game and your next game. But Aaron Donald, he's a different monster. He's one of the best defensive tackles ever. He's one of the linemen that has impacted games the most by himself. And he's not that kind of guy that he, of course, helps his teammates. But he goes out there and he gets sacks. He gets those key plays where he changes the game absolutely. Absolutely. And we heard Josh McDaniels earlier in the show, and he was saying, he's like, hey, I'm going to prepare pretty much as if Donald's going to play. Worst case scenario, he doesn't play, and you're prepared to face whoever the heck they put in front of you. And Aaron Donald, like we said, he's a game changer. He's a guy that if he doesn't play, your team is happy that you're not facing him. But... He's a player that is available often on the field with his squad. And this would be a huge challenge for that interior line for the Raiders. And we're talking about Dylan Parham in the left guard position, Andre James as a center, Alex Bars as the right guard. This would be a huge challenge for them. This is a big game. And the best part is I see this Raiders offensive line unit growing game by game. And I know there was growing pains. I know Raider Nation that you hated seeing Derek Carr being taken down, and part of it is the quarterback not being as mobile as other quarterbacks. But also part of it is you got to protect him. You got to put him in a pocket where he's protected, where he is able to move the ball up the field. And the offensive line—they're getting that job done gave you the stat earlier in the day. Two sacks allowed in the last three games. 21 sacks allowed in the first nine games. That's over two sacks a game. In the last three games, you're talking about less than one sack a game. That's what you want. That's what you need. You're able to put your squad in a position for success. And that's what happened on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium where I felt it was the most complimentary game between offense, defense, and special teams. You were able to get each unit to do their job. The offense, they didn't need to score 40 points to win this game. The defense, they only allowed one touchdown while they were on the field. And it was a ridiculous play on fourth and 12. That Keenan Allen, he got his touchdown. But guess what? The Raiders. Got their win. Barbecue chicken. I had barbecue chicken wings there at the stadium. They put out the spread at halftime, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some wings because I got a feeling we're going to be celebrating at the end of the day. And we ended up celebrating, and that's what we ended up doing at Allegiant Stadium. Raider Nation! Remy is inviting you to come out to the one of the largest holiday experiences happening in Las Vegas. Enchant at Resorts World. Start your adventure in a spectacular story-themed Christ, Christmas light maze. Then lace up your skates and hit the trail on real ice. Remy Contrano, Bungalow for 1738, Mount Gray, Rum, and Botanist Gin holiday cocktails. That would put even Scrooge in a festive mood. Let's go to a break Raider Nation. We'll be right back here to close the JT the Brick Show.
2: Man, to be honest, like for us, it's important because it's our next game. And because of the way that, you know, you know, we didn't win certain games early on in the season, you know, every, every next game is the most important. And so uh, for us, it's, a, it's, it's this week's game. It's a new challenge. Uh, like you said, defending champs, you know, stars all over the field on, on their side of the football. And so it's, it's a tough challenge for us, but it's what I'm excited about. You know, and our fans usually travel well to L.A., so I'm excited about that.
1: Defending champs, even though they look like chumps for greater parts of the last six games. But as we know, they played a good game against Seattle, even though they weren't able to win, despite not having most of those stars out there on the field. Harry Ruiz here filling in for JT The Brick on today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Raider Nation and the Rams, I mean, they made kind of a splash yesterday. A lot of folks didn't think... That Baker Mayfield would be claimed after being waived by the Panthers, and there he is, claimed by the Rams. And how did this Baker Mayfield come about, and when did Gilberto Manzano get a sense that it could happen? Let's hear from
2: him. Yeah, I think you start hearing the whispers, uh, you know, early in the morning. You know, them being number four on the waiver wire, uh, so they had, you know, one of the top picks there to claim Baker Mayfield. And then you kind of hear like, oh, you know, the 49ers need a quarterback. Jimmy G got hurt, maybe because of the divisional rival there they want to block him. But when you're three and nine, I don't think you you care about stuff like that. Uh, so I think they started looking at like maybe you know they, Baker Mayfield can help the younger players. And it sounds so weird to say it because J.T. you know it didn't work out with him in Cleveland. It didn't work out in Carolina. So you bring in this guy, you know, who has a you know a very rocky you know, career in the NFL for five years. But when you're having John Wolford out there and Bryce Perkins mm. and you're thinking you want to make your roster better for next year, when, you, when you're in a losing season, you think about next year. Uh, young guys like Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, a rookie running back in Kyron Williams, uh, and you put that together and you get the best of Baker Mayfield for a month and everybody's developing, then you have nothing else to lose. You're in a six-game losing streak. And the other part of it, too, JT, they're in L.A. They don't want to be forgotten. You know, they got a primetime game against the Raiders, primetime game on Monday Night Football against the Packers, uh, Prime time against the Chargers Sunday Night Football. Uh, so all these big-time games on Christmas, too, against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. And you don't want to be out there with John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. So it's part of developing and then also attention for these big games coming up, I think.
0: All right. So you would think getting the playbook flying into L.A. today, tonight – in theory, with having that Thursday night bye week after this game against the Raiders, you'd have a week to get them ready. What are the chances you believe that they'll have them up and ready to play the Raiders on Thursday night?
2: You know, I, th- I think it's pretty high. Like, like, I feel like at this mm-hmm. point, you have nothing to lose. You know, John Wolfer is dealing with, with neck soreness. Uh, you saw what you had in Bryce Perkins. He wasn't, you know, when it came to throwing the ball, he wasn't really there. He wasn't ready to go. He's a mobile quarterback, but he couldn't help you again with the development of Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Uh, Baker Mayfield does that. You keep the offense simple. If he's on the plane, or he's already in L.A., I'm assuming. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, One thing I did notice from last week's game plan with John Wolfer, it's a lot of play action, bootleg, make it simple, first read, uh, You know, give it your running game. And I think Baker Mayfield does that pretty well throughout his career. Whenever they make it simple, you rely on the running game, you move them around the pocket with the bootlegs, he tends to do well. So uh, he, he kind of knows how to, you know, play in the system. It's obviously going to be very different, but Hmm. again, I think the Rams really care about being, you know, on primetime football being, being talked about, being cared about. So uh, for a while, you know, it was all about the Raiders. They're on a three game winning streak. Nobody cared about the Rams. Nobody gave the Rams a chance. Hmm. Now you're bringing Baker Mayfield. Hey, what the heck? You're in a tickets game, losing streak. You want to get a win. Might as well do it on Thursday night football.
0: Gilbert Manzano is our guest, Rams insider. So what's the best-case scenario here for the Rams? What are you sensing with Seth Stafford, who's gotten beat up ever since the Super Bowl? He was beat up the year of the Super Bowl. He's a guy that you clearly don't need him to get beat up anymore with. And the future of his contract with the money he's already made, he's got a Super Bowl ring. I talked to someone today who says you know, he's not one of those guys who wants to play like Tom Brady until he's 45. What could happen to Baker here if he plays well and it's clearly not his team, it's going to be Stafford's team, or is there a slight chance that Stafford's coming to the end of his run with the Rams and might want to walk away from the game in a year or so? What do you think could happen here?
2: Yeah, I think that's part of it, JT. Like, you know, all we talked about was, hey, Sean McVay, should you should you shut down Matthew Stafford right now? You're you're in a losing season. You know, you got to prioritize his health. And he's like, yeah, it's a discussion we're going to have with Matthew, his family and all that. And, and they, I think they made the right call. Shut him down for this season. But the next season, it's not up to the Rams. It's going to be about Matthew Stafford. He's going to be the one to decide, does he play? Does he retire? And if you're the Rams, you're, you're, you're out there. You're waiting. What's going to happen? You don't want to wait. So, And, and, and it's kind of a stretch. And I feel like, you know, with, with Baker Mayfield, you've seen the highs and lows. And, and, and he's, he's already done it a couple times and it doesn't work out. But maybe you just played the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith. And Geno Smith kind of revived his career. Maybe you're shopping, but you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give Stafford his space. But if he retires, mm-hmm. we already have a guy in place in the scheme. Maybe Baker Mayfield has a, a, a you know a pretty solid month, of final month of the season, and you get something out of him. So uh, it's a way to kind of prepare for the future for just the what if if Stafford can't play. But also, maybe, obviously, they all want to have Stafford, Stafford there and be available, but maybe it could be hey, you build a quality backup in case of emergency because as the Rams found out the hard way this year, injuries happen in the NFL. For a long time, Sean McVay didn't deal with injuries. They were one of the lucky teams to, you know, for the most yeah, part, be healthy during this run. So, you know, if Stafford plays, that's great. That's awesome. And then now you have a quality backup of Baker Mayfield. So it kind of feels like you have nothing to lose here. You're preparing for the future for the worst in case Stafford walks away or you know, why, why not? Maybe he's a good quality backup. So I think it's kind of a win-win for them if it works out that way.
0: Gilbert Manzano is our guest. Gilbert, you've been there, and before that, covering the Chargers and what you've done in the Raiders and boxing, you, you cover sports at a very high level here. And what's interesting to me is a lot of people said on television and radio, you know, the Rams are the team. They don't care about draft picks. They're going to go all in, all in with veterans. And they were right. They won the Super Bowl but you're seeing the ramifications of that now when they've lost six in a row and eight out of nine. So how does the organization reset at some point with their limited draft picks, what they need to stockpile for draft picks, and what they're going to do with these aging players over the next year or two? Do they have a plan? Do you think it's going to be a simple plan or very difficult?
2: I think the final five games of the season is going to be how do you move on for, for 2023? Is it time to, you know, change your philosophy because, yeah, like you mentioned, JT, they won the Super Bowl, but now they're paying the consequences. You know, they're really yeah. tight in the salary cap. They don't have any first-round picks. And, and Well, they have one, you know, starting next year, but the one – I mean, not 2023, 2024. But not having a pick in 2023 really cost them. You know, they weren't, they couldn't compete for, for Christian McCaffrey because they, they ran out of ammo, chips to get – to because they went all in for, uh, for years before that. Uh, they couldn't get Brian Burns. So now they're seeing – people taking their blueprint of being aggressive and going all in and the Rams are sitting that, well, we already, we were aggressive already. We have nothing else to offer. So now we're hurting here. So we're going to take this season as a loss and try again. So one thing is, you know, JT in the NFL, it's a copycat lead, but you want to be ahead of the trend. You want to find what's coming, what to do in the future. And for a long time, the Rams, you know, didn't really pay for their offensive line. They thought this 11 personnel, yeah. uh, You spread it out with three good receivers was was a good way, and then you're seeing all these defenses saying, "Hey, we're not going to let you beat us down the field with a pass-heavy offense because we got the two-high shell here. You take the underneath, or you have a good running game to beat us." And the Rams didn't have uh, a a good running game; they struggled for a long time. The offensive line didn't, you know, produce, and they've been very cheap with the offensive line because they pay Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, all these other position players. So maybe it might be a time where the Rams are saying, "Hey." we got to build the trenches. we got to get a running game. we got to evolve because this philosophy of being all in without, without caring about the draft, they don't work in 2022. So I think you have Baker Mayfield there to evaluate everything, but I think there's going to be a lot of you know, you know, looking in mm-hmm. the mirror, uh, self-evaluation, a lot of thinking uh, for this offseason for the Rams, especially if Stafford's thinking about retiring or even Aaron Donald. You really got to start all over again.
0: Gilbert Manzano is our guest. I'm going to follow up with one more thing. You just said it on Aaron Donald. I want to segue to him. But on Stafford, I'm all in for guys retiring when they want to retire. But when they have that much money owed to them, I mean, it's tough to walk away from contracts like that. Let's start with Aaron Donald. as he I don't say he was threatening to leave, but it kind of had that feel. And then the Rams stepped up with all that money. I think it's a smart decision because he's the greatest player of his generation to play on the defensive line since Reggie White. So I'm good with him. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats. What's his season been like, and what's his availability like going forward?
2: Yeah, you know, you know JT, I wrote a you know, column last week saying, you know, the Rams are getting a glimpse of life without Stafford and Aaron Donald. And it, and it, it would feel kind of funny to write that story because these guys are, are due so much money in the next two or three years. Like, it's hard to walk away from that. But in Aaron Donald's case, you know, I think it was more of a leverage to say, hey, my contract is outdated. You, you know this from the time uh, JT with Kalua Mack and Aaron Donald. They were going through his contract negotiations, and that was a long time ago. You know, Aaron Donald outplayed that contract. He needed something bigger, and now he's getting paid like a quarterback. So it's hard to walk away from that. But if you care about your health you and you're want you thinking about big picture and you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, we all agree he's going to be, be in, in, in Canton on his first try. He has three defensive player yeah. in years of, the, of, the, of awards. You know, All Pro won the Super Bowl. What else do you have to prove? And even when he's having a bad year, you know he's still putting out numbers because he's getting a triple team out there. And you if you do you kind of do the, the deeper kind of dive. All the numbers say Aaron Donald is still a great player. So even during a, a bad season, you're doing your thing. So you want to come back from that. You know, you just suffer your first injury pretty much to set you back out of a game. He's never missed a game because of an injury in his career. That's crazy to think for a guy who who's such a physical enforcer in the middle. So I think if Aaron Donald, same thing with Stafford, you think about it. When you get a Super Bowl, you think differently. You've done everything you wanted to do. You don't have to think about the what if. So, but when you got maybe $40 million hanging over in 2023, that's pretty easy to also make a decision as well.
0: Uh, the fan base, I want to end on that. This is a fan base that competes with Raider fans in L.A. and Charger fans who are trying to build their brand. But this is a Super Bowl brand now with the L.A. Rams as they won last year. How has it changed the face of L.A. sports with the Rams on game day, even though they're having a down year this year? You know this. How much have they moved the needle with their brand in Southern California, their revenue in that beautiful new stadium? I'm going to see for the first time. How has it changed so much? Because there's a lot of options, as we both know, in L.A.
2: Yeah, that's the funny thing here, J.T. You know, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, but, you know, they were the talk of the town for 15 minutes. Oh, Dodgers, you coming up. Oh, the Lakers are playing you kind of just move on here in L.A., and you have to be really entertaining. Like You have to have star players. You have to win, you know, year in and year out for people to mm-hmm. care because even USC football now, before they lost last week, you know, got the attention in L.A. So I think that's part of the whole Baker Mayfield thing. It sounds silly to say, like, you know, they went they went mm-hmm. after Baker Mayfield because they want attention. And that's what you got to do in, in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, I know the Chargers are struggling after they lost to the Raiders, but they're, they're, they're in first place. Not in first place, but they're, they're in the playoffs. They're in the mix for the wild card. They get talked about, and the Rams are sitting there, hey, we've got a primetime game against the Raiders. It's going to be pretty much uh, silver and black in the crowd at, at SoFi. Uh, you got to play the, the Packers on Monday Night Football in the Christmas game against the Broncos. So I think they want that attention, and I think Baker Mayfield does that. Uh, but, again, it's just small little sample size of attention. So I think you have to win. It takes a long time, and as we saw with the Super Bowl here in Los Angeles, it, it was a nice story but then people just move on. So it's very tough and tricky here. Uh, the Raiders figure out mm-hmm. how, to, how to get this uh, market's attention for a long time. They're not, they haven't played here in decades, and they're on their second city. So uh, I don't know. You've got to figure out a way. And usually when you have like a lot of star players, that's the right way to do it.
0: Hey, last thing I'd be remissed, uh, Mills Lane passed away at 85. Uh, one of the most high-profile referees of all time. We've been to a lot of fights together over the years. That's a major loss for boxing. I'll be talking about him a little bit uh, later on. Been talking about him earlier in the day. I- I'm sure you have an opinion as a boxing insider about the loss of Mills Lane, one of the greats.
2: Yeah, one of the biggest things for me, uh, JT, is I wish I got to cover a big fight uh, when he was still you know, an active official mm-hmm. referee. Uh, you know, people want to have a catchphrase because of him, you know, they, they want to have, you know, I, they they want to be an enforcer because of him. I've talked to many, uh, you know, retired referees or officials or former judges when I was working in Las Vegas and they always brought up his name. So, uh, he's somebody that you know about and it's hard to, especially in boxing, it's all about the, the, you know, the fighters. But when, when the third man in the ring gets attention, you're doing something, you know, right. And I, I, it wasn't just all about tension. He was a good referee. Uh, you know, he knew when to get in there, he knew when to be in a force. And the part of it is you got to have the respect and that's what he had. So, uh, that was a big thing for me. I love hearing all the stories. Like one thing when I was doing in Las Vegas, is you, you just, when you talk to the boxing community, you hear all these great stories from the past. And I just kept thinking, I wish I covered a fight when he was a, a referee, the third man in the ring.
0: Yeah. It was amazing. I've been to a few of them and it just brought some electricity, and just more gravitas to the fight. Uh, Gilbert, I'll see you in the press box on Thursday night in L.A. Really appreciate you doing this.
2: No problem, JT. Looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: Preparation
1: is key. JT had shared that interview with us that he did with Gilbert Manzano. We were going to have him on the air today. Telephone signals, technology. We never know if it's going to work or not. It got cut off, but you got to hear from Gilbert Manzano on the focus on the Rams. What their side of things are doing. We don't know if Baker Manfield's going to play or not, but that just throws a wrench into the to the raiders plans and now they got a plan for him as well raiders Go and vote for the players on the silver and black on the Pro Bowl, please. None of the Raiders are leading in their position in Pro Bowl voting, and the game is going to be here in Vegas. Come on. Go to the Raiders' website. Vote for all the Raider players. There are some that are up there in the top ten. Carlson, number two. Crosby, number three. Jacobs, number five. Adams, number six. Holland's number nine. Jacob Johnson, El Tanque Aleman, the German tank, is tenth. Go and support them. Watch the game tomorrow tomorrow on Channel 13, or listen to it, of course, here on the home of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. That's it for today's show. JT the Brick will be back next week or Friday. There you go. Tomorrow, Q's going to be from noon to three, but Q is up right now. Unnecessary Roughness from two to five. Have a great week, Raider Nation.